Personally, I work less hours. I enjoy my work even more than I already was. I have the, I have the freedom to do what I like in my work, but also outside of my work. And I think I mentioned that, that before to you, I now sleep at night. I mean, before I, I, I always wanted three kids or we always wanted three kids, but I never knew how my parents managed when I was little. <coughs> and now I'm like, okay, we managed too. We're doing good with our three kids and me not being away all the time to, to have an income. Hello and welcome to the Biology of Business. I'm Kate and today we have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Liv Mert from Belgium. Good afternoon, Liv. Hi, hi Kate. Thank you very, very much for joining us today, Liv. So Liv, you are a physiotherapist by background, although now a specialist migraine headache consultant. Can you just explain to the listeners your story and how you got to this point? Well, it's... I'll try to make it short. I um, I have a tendency to make also always long stories, but long story short, when I was little, I was always interested in sport and like human anatomy and physiology. I always tried to steal out the the books that were hiding my my father's closet about the anatomy of of the human being. So I was always interested in human bodies. And so when I had to had to decide what I wanted to study, it was like, okay, I, I like mathematics too, but that seemed quite boring in the long way. So it was like, okay, maybe sports, maybe medicine, maybe physical therapists. And when I compared the one to another, I was like, okay, sports, that's not a good thing because I also, I already suffered from back pain and, and knee pain, but then physical therapy seemed a, a good thing because I didn't want to take the risk of not doing what I wanted to do if I want to go to, for medicine and stuff. So I, I became a physical therapist. I was happy with my choice, but I was always scared of people with back pain and neck pain because I didn't really know what to do with them. I didn't really got any framework at university how to deal with those people. And because of my own back pain, I was referred to a McKenzie therapist by my chiropractor in that day. And he said to me, like, maybe you should learn the McKenzie exercises. And I was like, okay, I heard something about it during the, the university. Um, so I went to see this guy and yes, strange away, my, my neck pain disappeared. So I was a bit interested in this approach and I, I, I applied for the, for the courses, the, the basics of McKenzie. And I'll never forget my first day in Antwerp was with Hans van Helvoort from the Netherlands. And I was there. I was just flabbergasted. I remember that I, I went there with the expectation of learning something that I maybe could use for some of my patients. And I went away yet yeah, completely yeah, blown away. And I since that day, actually, I never used anything else but this way of reasoning and i know you did the mechanical uh, courses too so very long sh story short i did the four 
parts of the credentials uh, courses towards credentialed mechanical therapist. I applied for the diploma. So in 2014, I did the theoretical part. And in 15, I had the opportunity to go to Austin for nine weeks, an internship together with Scott Herbawi and Chris and Kim Green. It was, yeah, it was the most amazing experience in my like, professional career. And then I think in Denmark was the first time I met you mm. at the, the dinner table of the, the closure party for the, for the, uh, yeah, the conference, the international congress. Uh, that's where we met. So tell me, Lee, thank you. Tell me, Lee, thank you. Tell me when you were doing the credentialing in Belgium with Hans teaching you, what were the obstacles you started to face locally by being an MDT therapist or practitioner? Locally, I, I have to say I felt very lonely because, yeah, there are not so much Mackenzie therapists in, in Belgium. And what especially was difficult in the beginning, that was I had the idea nobody was understanding me because we were speaking different languages. And now by, yeah, by, by all the time working with this mechanical system and by translating what I'm doing to my patients, actually it's me becoming better in using the language that other people understand. If I'm talking to another therapist about a derangement towards retraction, they really don't they don't know what I mean. If I tell it to another diplomat, I, I know exactly that they understand what I mean. But in, in the beginning, I think I had a lot of frustration that yeah, people didn't get me. Because now I think like, you know, it's my job to make myself clear and make sure that the other ones are understanding me. And that is what I'm, yeah, I, now at this point, it's, it's easier. But in the beginning, it was very difficult. I, I felt very lonely. And at the same time, you're obviously trying to learn a new language. <laughs> you, re you refer to it as, as a language, which is interesting because obviously in Belgium, you have the French, the Dutch, and you were telling me there's German spoken in a pocket of Belgium too. But clinically, you're learning a new language <laughs> yeah. and struggling to be able to practice it with your colleagues. Yeah, and it's not easy. I mean, in the practice here, I try to work together with, with some colleagues and it's just, yeah, it's, it's very difficult if they don't really understand this mechanical reasoning behind the whole program and the whole diagnostic part of it. It's really difficult to, to explain to them, but I, you know, most of the time when I'm talking to colleagues and I mean, friends of mine who are also PTs, I Try to keep it as simple as possible. I don't need to go into details. Just keep it simple. So when you completed your diploma, during that time, were you self-employed or were you working within the Belgian healthcare system? No, I was, I was self-employed. So, I mean, if I didn't see patients, I wasn't earning anything. So it means that the, the doing the diploma program was yeah, quite demanding financially. Luckily, I had my parents who were helping me at that point, even my bookkeeper asked me like, where did you get the energy? It was like, you lived out of love or something. But yeah, so I was self-employed. And at that point I was working by the Belgian government system, which means that the Belgian government was deciding 
how much I could ask a patient for a treatment every half an hour, for example. And that changed during the, during the days. I mean, at a certain point, I convinced my colleague, like, you know what? She was very specialized in what she was doing. I was very specialized in those back and neck patients at that point. And I was like, you know, we both put it so much effort into our educations. I mean, we're worth the extra euro. So, you know, let's decide to no longer follow the price setting that the government was, was putting us and let's decide our own pricing system. So that was already a big step. And what sort of tariff does the Belgium government typically pay for a physiotherapy session? Yeah, a, a regular physical therapy, because there's a big difference, for example, for, for kids, for development trajects, there's more sessions of 45 minutes, for example, or like women after breast cancer and they're having this edemic arms uh, a problem. That's, that's also with sessions of 45 minutes. But if we look to neck pain or back pain, for example, that's a regular session is 30 minutes. And I think at this point, it's about 28 euro per session. So you're coming back from the US, having invested heavily in mm -hmm. your own professional education. And obviously you need to see some sort of return on the time, the effort and the financial commitment you've made. Mm -hmm. But as is common in many, many places, the state system doesn't allow you to be able to charge what your professional skills reflect in terms of the impact they can have on somebody's life. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Because another thing, and, and there's a big difference in, in Belgium between a medic, really, really a doctor, compared to a physical therapist, for example, there is a system in Belgium that is like social security, which is a good thing. I really believe in it. But for example, if a patient is going to an, an, an orthopedic surgeon, this orthopedic surgeon has the freedom to choose how much will I charge this person. Even if they are protected by the social system, the GP can still say, okay, this will cost you this amount. As a physical therapist, we aren't allowed to do that. Once they are in a social system or they have a social security, we aren't allowed to, to keep our same pricing. And I think that isn't really correct. Of course, healthcare should be available for everybody, but it, I mean... Food is also something that everybody deserves, but you can't force a top chef to, to give away his menu for, yeah, for, for a, little, a little price. I mean, that's, a, that's something that I'm kind of struggling with. So yeah, this, this government system is, yeah, it's, it's sometimes difficult to deal with. And does it create a culture of dependency where people are coming back again and again and again because that is actually how the clinician is remunerated rather than perhaps having a higher tariff for fewer sessions whereby the motivation is it yeah. can be better balanced that was that was my experience and without saying always or never it was my idea and it wasn't just my idea i really keep numbers and i keep track of everything and what I saw was that people 
from from a lower social status, yeah, they they tend to be more passive in their treatments. Also, they they expect me to to heal them, and I mean that's not what I what I do within the the McKenzie method. It's really about patient independency. You want to empower your patient how to treat their own neck pain, back pain, headaches, whatever. And it's just a way of yeah, of thinking. So yeah, I could I could see that the people that are more passively, yeah, they, they tended to come more often to the practice. And that was not my 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 people, let's say. I really like working with people who are actively involved in their treating process. So at some point in your journey, you decided you were going to set up your own practice rather than be self-employed through somebody else's practice. What was the trigger or the motivation behind that? Um, the trigger or motivation was, was actually a book I read by Simon Sinek, Start With Why. And I, I, I heard his TED talk, Start With Why, and then I read his book and for some reason, I don't know where exactly, I also found the concept, the Japanese concept of ikigai. I don't know if I pronounce it correctly, but and there's a lot of theoretical explanations about ikigai. And one says like, yeah, it has nothing to do with this or that. But it was like, okay, you have four parts in your daily task or your daily living. And if you have something that you are good at, if you like it, if you help someone else or the world around you with it, and you can get something in return, you get either a favor in return or you get paid in return. If you can combine those four things in one specific thing, well, that's your ikigai. And that's the thing, yeah, that you, it's, it's not a job, it's, it's just what you do. And so I was thinking like, okay, what am I doing in life? And I was like, okay, so I'm a PT. Do I like it? I like it. Do I help people? Well, obviously people were happy with me. So yeah, okay, I was good at it. And then I was like, okay, and what is the return? And at that point, I think I was working about 50, maybe 60 hours a week. We didn't have kids at that point, so that was possible. But at the end of the year, if I looked to my bank account, I was like, so where's the... Where's the result? There wasn't much of a result. So it was like, okay, you know what? This can be in this this balance. I mean, I like my job, obviously, or I like what I do, but there has to be some kind of return and not purely financially, but like working 60 hours a week, where's my free time? Where's my time with my with my with my wife with my partner and i mean we didn't have kids but we wanted kids so there has there had to change something and then i followed the course about how to manage a, a healthcare business and actually in the idea of trying to convince my my colleague to set up a collaboration and instead of setting up a collaboration i was like oh my god i really saw the light and i had to yeah, I had to have my own practice to do how I thought it should be done. Mm. And That's so often the case that practice owners are driven to set up their own practice because of frustration and a very clear vision of how things can be, how, how things can be delivered better and done better. 
Yeah. So, Lee, throughout the the years that you've had your own practice, you have been really quite maverick in terms of discarding. I don't know if discarding is a word you would use, but setting aside the title of physiotherapist and setting mm-hmm. aside the Belgian healthcare system mm-hmm. so yeah. that you really can meet the needs of those that you those that you wish to serve mm-hmm. can you just describe what that process has been like of readdressing what your professional title is first of all perhaps and why that was necessary and then why it was necessary to review your relationship with the state healthcare system well of also if I look back to the start with why book of, of Simon Sinek, what I used to say was like, okay, I'm a physical therapist. What do I do? I use the Mackenzie methods to help people with neck pain, back pain, or headaches. And <clears throat> why do I do it? Because I believe in, in self-treatment. And I really think that people needs to be, need to be empowered. If I look at it now, I'm like, you know, I really believe in people empowerment. We have to teach people how they can help themselves because often they, they can. And what do I do? Do I do? Well, I use the McKenzie system to, to, to look where the problem is. I also use mobilizations. I use mindfulness with my patients. I mean, I use a broad of a broad uh, aspect of, of treatments and oh yeah, I'm, I'm a PT, but I mean, that's not the big thing. And I'm no longer using very often the my title of a PT because what I see is that very yeah the biggest part of the patients that I'm seeing now they've been to PTs they've seen manual therapists they've been to chiropractors to osteopaths or whatever but none of them did what I did and if I say oh I'm a PT all those patients are like, oh, but I tried PT. That's not working for me. So I'm like, you know, I'm not even mentioning the, the, the physical therapist part because I've lost them before I could ever talk to them. But if I talk to them, like why I do what I do and I explain what I do, that's far more important than, <coughs> sorry, than what I am. And I think what you're also picking up there is that people aren't looking to buy physiotherapy. No. They're looking for a solution to yeah. their problem. Yeah, they want the result and they don't want to be dependent on medication, but they also don't want to be... Don't get a glass of water, I'll pick that bit yeah. up. Leave <laughs> <laughs> this bit. Mm. Okay. That's all right. Well, That's all right. We, we can delete that bit. It's fine. <laughs> No, I, they, they, they aren't looking for a specific diploma or a specific treatment. They just want the results. And that's, that's really something that I'm, yeah, I, I'm really aware of like, okay, why are you here? I always ask them, why are you here? What is your aim? What, what do you want to get from me? And that is where, I'm, where we work together. And what are some of the typical answers that you get to that question? Typically, I want less headaches, <laughs> often. They're even happy if only they have a 50% reduction of the amount of, he- of headaches or the less frequent headaches, less intense headaches. 
taking less medication because often people take a lot of medication to reduce their headaches or migraines. Also, what I very often hear is I don't want to be afraid to just live my life because migraine specifically is so yeah overtaking. It's, it's controlling their life. It's not just the, the moment that they're suffering from a migraine, of course, is, is a very bad thing. But the time in between the attacks is often a time where they're always, yeah, looking out that there's nothing provoking or there's nothing. Yeah, I have to go to bed at my time. I can't stay out late. I can't have alcohol or maybe just have a glass. So the fear, yeah, getting rid of the fear is, is a, an important thing. And then also people that are like, you know, I can't play with my kids. I can't stand my kids. I can't stand my spouses or, or my spouse. <laughs> well, multiple could be, could be no judging, <laughs> but also yeah, on their, on their work often they're like, I'm, I'm not half as productive as I want to be. I can't focus enough. So it's not only the pain that is bothering them. It's, it's much more than that. So you found that the professional title of physiotherapist was perhaps getting in the way because people were thinking, well, that doesn't work. That, that wasn't resonating mm-hmm. with them as what they were looking for when they were looking for a solution. Mm-hmm. You also found that it was necessary to differentiate yourself and be stand independent of the conventional Belgium healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why was that so necessary? It was more necessary for myself, I guess, than for my patients. Because if I explain it to patients, they, they get it. The big difference there is that I can choose what I charge my patients. And it's not longer the government that will decide what I can charge someone. That's one part. The second part is that the amount of administration that I was getting with this whole government part was was quite high. And there's there's a limit, like people can only get 18 sessions a year, for example. And if you exceed that number, you get this paper that it's not good. And often people didn't tell me how many times they were seen by a physical therapist before. Or they didn't know. So they were like, yeah, they didn't mention. But that that gave me a lot of paperwork. And I didn't like the paperwork. So I wanted to decide to put my energy and my time into my patients. And not in papers. That's not a bureaucracy. Yeah, I mean, I was like, it's just, it's rubbish. And the difference for for my patient is that while they don't get the refunds, that normally when I, I give them this paper they get they can get a, a refund but compared to the payment they make the refund is is a small part and i mean if that would hold back a patient to come and see me i think that's not my patient now you've also mentioned their leaves that you've really niched into headaches and migraines so you're very specific and quite micro niching in terms of what it is that you communicate that you treat and what the problems are that you help. Can you just describe to the listeners what the steps were and the courage that was required to commit to a niche? It was, yes, scary in the beginning, 
also because I know from myself, I get quite fast bored by something. So I was like, could I really do this? Just very specific on this, this specific symptom only. But I have to say, I, I really enjoy it. And it, it makes it much easier to focus on one thing because yeah, if you, if you want to profile yourself into a specific thing, it's much more easily done if you choose one specific thing instead of 10, 10 things. And it, it's just, yeah, to me now, I'm like, you know, this is what I do. This is where I'm good at, where I'm specialized in. And I, I almost think it's, it's so sad that so less PTs dare to do this. I mean, if you want really very good, decent healthcare, we don't need supermarkets. We need specific stores and people need to know where to go to, where I need, where I have my hip being replaced. If I have my ACL torn, who's the best in, in that specific thing? So yeah, it, it was demanding. It was scary, but I think it's, yeah, now I'm totally relaxed. So you've taken this journey from being a generalist MSK physiotherapist to doing your international MDT diploma, to mm -hmm. setting up your own practice, to mm -hmm. stepping aside from the professional title of physiotherapist, mm -hmm. to targeting a niche and stepping out of the state, the state healthcare system. Mm -hmm. What has been the result that you've achieved from doing all of that personally? Personally, I work less hours. I enjoy my work even more than I already was. I have the, I have the freedom to do what I like in my work, but also outside of my work. I mean, I remember that, that once we started working together or before we worked together, I didn't have any clue about my financial stuff. I didn't know anything about it. And now by, by, this, by doing this whole process, I know exactly where I'm at and I'm much more relaxed. And I think I mentioned that, that before to you, I now sleep at night. <laughs> I mean, before I, I, I always wanted three kids or we always wanted three kids, but I never knew how my parents managed when I was little. <clears throat> and now I'm like, okay, we managed too. We're doing good with our three kids. And me not being away all the time to, to have an income. So that's, that's really, that's a big, big difference. How do you think your life would still be your con contrast if you hadn't taken those steps to differentiate yourself? I have no idea. Really, I have no idea. I don't know, we recently reconstructed our, our home and it's not all because I, of the work that I am doing, but I think we've never, no, we would never be able to do that. I just, I, I just can't imagine. I don't even want to think about it. I think I never had my own practice if I, I didn't do it. I mean, what I feel is, 
I make decisions and then I have to make the change changes to to make it work. And that's that's demanding and that's sometimes taking a leap of faith and just see where you're going. And until now everything turns out very well. <laughs> The pain is so often in the decision leave. How would you, what would your advice be to other practice owners or practitioners that are listening and recognizing that they might be inspired by your story, but have some decisions to, to think about for themselves? I think you really need to, you have to believe in yourself. Because there's always something you like to do where you can help others with what you like to do and where you get a return for. And make sure that you find that part and, and understand it. Really understand what you are doing. That, that you get. I mean, especially as an independent practice owner, it's not just treating a patient. That's of course, that's what we do, but you have to understand the whole, the whole business part around it. And that's what I really, I, that's what I enjoy with you is you taught me how to run my own practice. And I, even now at this point, I do understand how to run it, but we're still working together because you you're kind of, a, well, it's not like a mirror, but you're, you're more like a sparring partner to me. Yeah, you, you keep coming up with new ideas, other ways of thinking. And that's, that's, I mean, that's really important. I think as a business owner, you don't need to do courses or all the time, you don't need to, to do more educations about how to treat your patient. I think the best investment in yourself is also understanding your business and make sure that you have, someone thinking together with you because with, together with someone else you can you can develop so much more and investing in yourself is yeah is is absolutely worth it so one of the other things the final thing i'd like to ask you Neve, is is how you've managed the judgment of other professionals of other physiotherapists of other mdt practitioners of gps in your town other people that Many, many practice owners fear will have an opinion on what it is that they are doing. Yeah, of course, I'm, I'm scared too of what people think. And the more specialized you are, the more, <clears throat> yeah, you, you put your head up. I mean, I mean, you're above the other one. So of course, if, if they want to shoot you, they'll shoot you. And, but I just do what I like, and if I can help people who are suffering from migraines or headaches, I don't mind what some neurologists may think about it. And I'm always very happy to, to communicate with other healthcare professionals or with GPs, and I always try to convince others about what I'm doing, because what I'm doing is the right thing, of course. <laughs> and we have a lot of evidence and blah, blah, blah. But that's not the point of it. I, I kind of stopped arguing with others or starting arguments, maybe. It's just, if someone wants 
information of me and someone wants to ask me what I just do, I'm always happy to explain them. And if one day maybe some professor in my degree would ask me, tell me, what are you doing? I'm going to be happy to, to explain them. But I kind of stopped, yeah, protecting myself. Like, yeah, offense is the best defense. I'm like, you know, just... I do what I do. I like what I do. And if you want to play a game, go ahead. But and that that's that's also a part Simon Sinek said is like it's not a competition. You don't need to you don't need to win the competition. It's it's a long run and you just everybody's running. And maybe one time someone else will be ahead and let's see and just continue your own game. Thank you very much, Lee. Leave. if people would like to reach out and contact with you or hear more about you, where can they do that? Well, they can always look on my website. And for now, it's only in Dutch. And that's, well, you, you, can, you can put in the link, I think. It's, uh, yeah, that's my website. Uh, people may always send me an email that can be in English, French, Dutch, yeah, no German. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, people can reach out to me. I can even call people if they want to have a talk with me about what I do or if they have any questions. I'm happy to help. Thank you very, very much for your time, Lieb, and congratulations on the huge courage that you have taken with growing your practice. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast valuable, here are four ways I can help you grow your practice for free. Firstly, visit www.marklandmethod.com forward slash grow. There you'll find access to the free Profit Without Pills program. You'll also have opportunity to register for the free web class, the triage call, and you'll be able to sign up for the weekly email newsletter where you get hints and tips on how to create a profitable, sustainable practice. And finally, please leave a five-star review so I can get access to influential people and speakers and bring them here so that they can share their lessons with you.